Welcome back to the newest and latest episode of the Exchange for Entrepreneurs podcast. I'm your host, James Black. And today I am uh, thrilled to be joined by my colleague, Rob Cook, who is uh, situated in Toronto. Rob, uh, I've worked with you a long time and um, certainly uh, we've seen you on the show before, actually, in our Israel episode a few episodes back. And uh, the reason, obviously, uh, I wanted to bring you back was because we were recently on a trip. And the trip was uh, far and away from where you are today, uh, as far as Uganda and Rwanda and Africa, two places I'd never been. But Rob, um, maybe for our viewers and listeners, just just tell us uh, what motivated you to go to these uh, these new destinations and uh, to to meet some of the people we're going to hear from on the show today. Okay, well, actually, I, I was uh, in Israel again. Um, had uh, some really good meetings with the entrepreneurs in uh, in Tel Aviv. And um, I had the opportunity to go to Africa with with a a, a part-time colleague, Mark Francis, who has an interest in in um, a gold processing operation there, uh, which is not started. Um, but this was an exploratory uh, trip uh, where we were meeting with um, people in the finance community and to a certain extent in government uh, and some entrepreneurs. Uh, most of that was was in Uganda, but we also had um, um, very interesting uh, time, uh, three days in Rwanda. Understood. And so, uh, and just for those watching, we are going to queue up a couple of interviews that Rob uh, had with with locals on his trip. And um, before we get into that, and we'll start with uh, Robert Tabazi from Rwanda. But before we get into that. Um, I just want to know uh, your impressions. What surprised you the most about your visits to these countries, and maybe something that sprung on you that you didn't expect to uh, to see or hear or or eat, <laughs> for that matter. Okay, okay. Uh, well, surprisingly, um, uh, not a lot of stories about the food, uh, but it was all palatable. It was all good. Uh, but uh, what did surprise me was that it was a couple of things. One was just the positivity of, of the people that we met and, and people of all ages and, and occupations. It didn't matter whether they were entrepreneurs, whether they were owners or whether they were just people that worked somewhere. Um, they were all, they were all pretty positive. They were all looking to the future uh, and they were all um, very interested in uh, us seeing their companies or their countries, sorry, in a good light. So they're very positive about, uh, about their own countries. So that was a good thing. Another thing that surprised me was both countries are ruled by so-called strongmen who have been in power for some time. Uh, and yet there's freedom of the press. I'm, I'm reading the paper and I'm going, whoa, they're criticizing, criticizing the government for this, for that, for the other thing. You know, it's not, it didn't feel like um, anybody was repressed in any way. And that just sort of went from their ordinary life through their occupation. Right. And so I think we'll get a taste of that right now. I'm going to introduce the clip now with Robert Tobazi from Rwanda, And uh, just, just maybe set this one up. Um, what yeah. is his business and, and what does he do? Robert Tobazi is a hotelier who has established two hotels in, in Rwanda. He's still growing. He still has more opportunities uh, for growth. We, we certainly uh, talked to him about that when we were there. He has done this basically bootstrapping uh, these occupations. He started as a driver slash tour guide. And then he decided, hey, 
we need more we need more restaurants hotels for all these tours and he's built two himself and both of them are outstanding wonderful with a great introduction rob and we'll roll the clip right now today i am in the beautiful city of kigali in the country of rwanda rwanda is a modern politically stable and business-friendly environment. At the moment, I'm in the Governor's Residence Hotel, which is a brand new boutique hotel on one of the hills surrounding the city. And I'm here with the hotel owner, uh, Mr. Robert Tuabaze, who has uh, built the hotel himself, and it's the second uh, in his portfolio. And we're here to talk to him about his experience as an entrepreneur in Rwanda. Robert? Yes. Robert. Very nice to be here. Nice to meet you. Good to see you. Good yes. You. How did you get your start in the hotel business? Ah, that's a very good question. Thanks, um, Rob. <clears throat> you know, I've been in the tourism industry for some good years. Yes. I joined the industry in 1999. Okay. As a tourist guide. You were a tourist guide. Yes. Very nice. Yes, I was a tourist guide. I was among the first uh, guides right after the, when tourism resumed after the 1994 genocide against the Tutu. Yes. And I started from there. And you know, most of our tourists come to see the mountain gorillas. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. right. The gorillas are very popular here. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the Volcanoes National Park. Right. So... Uh, there was a shortage of accommodation, no restaurants, uh, nothing. We had only one place for eating, only oh. one place uh, really? yeah, in the volcanoes. Okay. So it, uh, that place we would go there. You know, when you come back from tracking the gorillas, you are hungry. Yes. When you order food and it takes two hours, it makes you more angry now. Okay. So... Every time I had clients and complained about the food taking long and not even having the right food they wanted, I started thinking of uh, building a restaurant right. around the Volcanoes National Park. So you started with the idea of a restaurant. Yes, the idea started as a restaurant. It did not start as a hotel. Right. So when I started building the restaurant, I noticed that uh, the land was big enough to put some rooms. So I put uh, seven rooms on the property. Right. And... Uh, after some time, the neighbors accepted to sell me the land nearby. Yes. I added another seven years. So I started with a 14-rooms uh, boutique hotel in the Volcanoes National Park, which is, the five volcanoes, uh, which is the five volcanoes uh, hotel in the area. Right. Yeah. So it's now the Five Volcanoes Hotel. Yeah. And when did you get the idea to build another hotel in the city? In the city. So this is the reason. Being a small hotel, we started getting demands of um, clients who don't want to stay in big hotels. Right. So, example, someone is like, I was born and raised in New York. It's a noisy place. I don't want to go to another country on a holiday and uh, be in a big business hotel. I prefer something small. So I noticed that combining the governor's residence and the uh, five volcanoes, it would be a good deal. Yes. And then I came up with an idea of uh, the governor's residence, which has only seven rooms. It's smaller than uh, the five volcanoes. Yes. But it's uh, big. And we will see maybe in future we might, ex- if the demand becomes uh, too much, we may expand it and have more rooms. 
Very good. Very good. Well, it certainly is well appointed. And you've just opened in January? Yes, just opened in January. I think um, we haven't uh, got so many clients so far, but we have bookings ahead. Yeah, bookings ahead. Okay. Yeah, 2024 is promising. This summer is promising from May. So I think by end of the year, it's going to be everywhere. Everybody will be knowing about it. Is this a good example of, of how the economy is growing quickly here? You start a hotel, you open in January, and you already have bookings for next year. Oh, yes, it's, uh, it's good because, uh, you know, uh, I think people after spending like two years of not traveling to three years, because right. some people postpone their trips from 2020. Yes. Now, now, now this is the time. Now they are coming. So there's pent up demand. Yes, yes. So the demand is high. So it won't be hard for me to market this place or to get it known to to travelers. And how do you market this place? Uh, social media. Social media. Yeah. Uh, word of mouth, and our previous guests that have stayed with us for the past uh, six years since we opened. So we keep data. For all the people we received, so when this came up, we sent a newsletter, right? Uh, and to the travel agents, most travel agents who bring guests to five volcanoes, right? They already know this place. So, so how did you finance the the building of these hotels? Uh, uh, through banks. Through banks. Yes. First of all, you have to raise your thirty percent. Okay. Because for them, you have to have land. Yes. And uh, for the total amount of the costs of the construction and everything, at least you have to have 30% as your own contribution. Right. And 70% you go to the local bank. All right. And, uh, and you were able to borrow some money in order to actually finance the, the building. Yes. Right. But there is a challenge to that as well. Yes. You know, when they lend you money, you are building a hotel and the construction is going to take two and a half to three years. But you start paying immediately. Because okay. you, you, the money is to build the hotel. The hotel is not uh, in operation yet, but you already start paying. That's the challenge, number one. Right. Yeah, but... Um, so you finance this hotel partly with cash flow from the, from, the yeah, Five Volcanoes from five, Hotel. So this was pure cash flow from Five Volcanoes. But the Five Volcanoes Hotel, you had to finance with cash flow from yes. your, your business as a tour guide. Yes, yes. From right. the beginning, yeah. Right. Yeah. And you have obviously um, very um, professional and, and customer-oriented staff here. Where do you find them? Now, these are local guys. I just find them. And uh, what I do, I don't uh, go to other hotels and pick up people who have been working there. I right. just go get people, young people who haven't been in the industry and train them from scratch. Okay. And that's the best way to do it. Because when you bring someone who has been somewhere, yes, they start telling you that, you know, where I was, we were doing it this way. So I think here you should do it. So when you have new, fresh people, they go with what you have there and they become very good. Right. Yeah. Right. And there's, there's actually a connection between uh, Kigali and Toronto in the general manager of the Toronto Raptors. Masai Ujiri? Yes, yes. And he's he's going to be your neighbor? He's going to be my neighbor. Not far from here. He's going to build a hotel. I think he's uh, starting next year. Right. Not far from here, but it's going to be good. Uh, he's coming up with something, I think, that we did not have a nice uh, high-end five-star hotel in Kigali. Very nice. So, But he will, he will no doubt be also bringing in more Canadians. 
Oh yes, that's uh, that's very right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, Kigali is 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 already one of the most beautiful cities in in East Africa. Yes, you're right about that. Yeah, we are so clean. You know, everybody likes to see the city clean. You know, yeah. we don't we don't have uh, plastic bags. Right. No plastic bags. You cannot see any plastic bottle anywhere. Right. Yeah, so we try to keep the city clean. And, you know, every last Saturday of the month, everybody goes on the street to clean Very the nice. streets. Yeah. So that's part of the secret. Yes. Because it's very clean, it. very orderly. The traffic is orderly. Yes. All the people on motorcycles wear helmets. It's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting and bustling city. Yeah, and, uh, you know, another thing is Rwandese uh, are law-abiding citizens. When you tell them, do this, they'll do it. If you say no plastic bags around, they will listen. Right, yeah. right. And a lot of what we see here is is built after after the genocide, so yeah. less than 20 years. Yes. Right? Yes. It's become such a modern and efficient city. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um, And most of the... New buildings you see are even 10 years, 6, 10 years old. Right. Yeah, they, just, they started building 15 years ago and construction is booming. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, it's delightful to see. Yeah. And hopefully we will get some shots of, of, of the city from here. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, you can get some nice shots uh, when it clears. After the rain, you can get some nice shots. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's been very nice to talk to you. Yeah, thank and you, Rob. It was nice you. talking to you, too. All right. Great job. Great interview, Rob. Uh, way to start things. And um, I just, I, a few things that stuck with me from watching that was uh, number one, you know, that was pure entrepreneur, entrepreneurism, I guess you call it. Uh, yeah. You know, someone just making something out of absolutely nothing, serving a market need, which I think is what entrepreneurs do. They look at the world and they go, how can I make life better? How can I serve people? How can I, you know, in this case, um, you know, make these tourists that we're visiting have a better experience and Obviously, it sounds like he's got big plans uh, moving forward from this. Um, what are some of the maybe things that you've noticed on your travels that are innate to entrepreneurship, whether it's in Canada or Israel, Africa? What, what are some of the things, just one or two things that you think are almost global in that sense from, uh, for, that you find in all entrepreneurs from, right. from all walks of life? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's certainly... Uh, um, you know, lots of different entrepreneurs, but for the most part, they jump in with both feet. They they see what they want to do and they just go and do it. And they don't worry about uh, how risky it is, you know, and, and lots of them end up losing. Um, but a lot of them win. And while they're doing that, they're, they're doing something that they want to do so they enjoy it as well. Uh, and And I certainly saw that in in both those countries where um there's a lot of growth you know yeah. and and there's and there's a lot of opportunity yeah absolutely and uh i guess our next interviewee is uh, a great um example of that uh, mark mutai from uganda now right. maybe just give us a quick uh, bit of background about mark and uh, his experience well, Mark actually came to Canada to go to university. He got a couple of degrees here. He went into the financial um, sector. He worked in in uh, in Edmonton. He worked in New York, and then you know, and he worked for large um, banking organizations. 
And then he decided, hey, there are opportunities back in Uganda. That's my home country. He went and he joined a firm called Bid Capital. And then he became the managing partner. And he's built that business up over the past um, several years in both Uganda and Rwanda. Yeah, wonderful. Well, without further ado, I will now roll the clip for Mark Matai from Uganda. Great. And I'm here in Kampala, Uganda, today with Mark Matahi, who's the managing director of a local finance company called Bid Capital Partners. Mark, welcome from the CSE. Thank you, Rob. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. And uh, I understand that you spent some time in Canada. Yes, yes, Rob. I'm born and raised here, uh, but I moved out to Canada in 2001. Yes. And at the end of 2012, I returned back home. Okay. And while you were in Canada, you went to university? Yes. So I did my undergrad in uh, in Edmonton, Alberta, University of Alberta. And then I, later on, I did my master's degree at the University of Ottawa, my MBA. Very good. Very good. And you had a, a short career in the finance Yes. So in, for, industry? A f- for a few years, I worked for the Royal Bank of, uh, of Canada in Edmonton. And while I was there, I did everything from retail banking to a bit of wealth management. And then after my school, I moved out to Ontario. I moved out to Toronto where I did, uh, I worked with Capital One. And what brought you back to Uganda? So I, so, so initially I was supposed to only go for four years for my undergrad. My whole, my entire family lives here as always has. Right. And so, but that turned into 12 years after which I made the decision to come back home on the thinking that, you know, potentially I felt professionally there'd be more opportunity here. I uh, felt it was time to come back, give back, and uh, for personal reasons, I also came back here and met my wife, started a family. So now you are fully ensconced in the finance business. Yes, here. I am. So on, on return, I spent a few years doing some entrepreneurship work in the wash sector in um, in um, climate finance. Yes. Then later on, which is what I'm doing today, I moved into investment advisory work, okay. supporting local entrepreneurs to raise capital. Right. And what kind of businesses are those entrepreneurs in? So we, so Bid Capital Partners, we are positioned as an impact investment advisory firm. So we are, we are supporting companies in five sectors, renewable energy, education, healthcare, technology, and agribusiness. Very good. And, and which of those are, you know, uniquely suited to, to Uganda? I'd say for Uganda, there's, there's, there's two things, uh, agribusiness for sure, but not only, but not primary agriculture, so typically technology. So any sort of ag tech solution. So in these markets, there's a lot of, uh, not only here, I think globally, there's a demand on traceability where all these agricultural products coming from, are they yeah. fair trade, are they organic and things like that. Right. So there's tech enabled solutions that support agribusiness, there's processing, cold chain solutions. So any sort of value addition in the agriculture space. Separately, there's a lot of, uh, unfortunately, um, typical to East Africa, there's a lot of opportunity in healthcare, um, simply because, you know, we, we continue to have a failing public healthcare system. So in the private healthcare space, there's a lot of investment opportunity. Right. Uh, and also, there's, there's also a tech-enabled solution there. So anything from telemedicine to, um, to, to health insurance um, and things like that. Uh, additionally, there's, there's, there continues to be an opportunity in the renewable energy space, and I think this is global. Right, and you have offices in other countries besides Uganda as yes. well. Yes, so we have offices here in Kampala, 
We have an office in Amsterdam, we have an office in Kigali, Rwanda, and we also have one in Mombasa, Kenya. Amsterdam I've been to. Why do you have an office there? So actually our founding history as Bid Capital Partners is based out of Amsterdam. Okay. Um, many years ago, 2007 about, we were founded by two entrepreneurs out of Amsterdam. Initially as a business development service provider, which will later, later on grow into an investment advisory firm. We maintain our Amsterdam office now specifically for our relationships with our investors who are mainly coming out of Europe. Are you getting a lot of the, the financing from offshore? We're, we're getting, I'm going to say, 99% of it. 99% of it, yeah. okay. And what kind of securities are... So it's, it really depends on the, on the type of capital, right? So right. Uh, with many, with the, and also the stage and ticket size. So with many of our smaller investments, usually investments are being, are being done on... Um, on safe notes, so we're not seeing any security attached to that. Okay. Uh, for the equity investments, sure enough, they will also don't have security, but a lot of them have, if they're smaller debt tickets, uh, they can be collateralized with uh, assets here. Right. Uh, sometimes there's warrants and there is uh, personal guarantees. Okay, so quite a, quite a variety. Yeah, unfortunately, these markets don't have uh, a big experience in alternative markets, in sorry, alternative sources of finance. So what that has allowed us to do is be as creative as we can be in terms of the instruments that we use. Right. And what, what kind of uh, interest rate would be charged on the debt that's raised? So for the debt that's raised, our typical interest rate ranges from about 7 to 10% uh, in the market commercially. Ticket interest go interest rate can go from twelve to fourteen percent on the hard on hard currency. Right. So whatever financing we try to raise, we try to beat the existing market. Uh, but also be, primarily because many of our investors have both an impact and a finance focus. Uh, yeah. They're willing to provide cheaper capital with the benefit being on the impact side. Oh. And what would be a typical term? So again, depends on the, on the on the use of capital. Most of the financing we're raising is either for CapEx investments, which is really tough to find in this market. We right. don't really have advanced capital markets, so there's an absence of, uh, of uh, long-term capital. So we have these mismatched durations where short Short-term financing is being used for long-term projects. Yeah. So durations can go as far as seven years plus, depending on what the investment is going to be used for. Very good. But again, because of the nature of in, in, in investors that we have, it's 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 typical that we'll negotiate fairly um, fairly flexible um, grace periods prior to the financing kicking in. And do you see a growing need for this financing here? Absolutely. Um, again, this, because of an absence of a very fully developed capital market, uh, many of the entrepreneurs in this region are really challenged by access to money. But you don't lack for entrepreneurs. No, no, no. I mean, Uganda, I think, has been touted as maybe one of the most entrepreneurial countries in the world. Uh, we have one of the youngest populations in the world, and that's just specific to here. But East Africa overall, uh, there's a lot of optimism and, you know, there's a lot of things happening. Uganda specifically, we have the growth of our oil and gas sector. So on the entrepreneur side, there is no shortage of that. The shortage of financing is a huge problem in this market, which is something we're trying to address. Well, I've been very impressed with how active it is and with what you've been able to accomplish. So Thank you. Thank you for your time. Cheers. And uh, Rob, another great interview. Thanks for, for sharing that. Uh, and again, my reflection on this interview is just that here's again, someone going into an environment where they don't have a lot of sources of financing for entrepreneurs, but yet you know, Uganda has this uh, growing reputation of being one of the world's, um, you know, most entrepreneurial countries. And uh, obviously, you got to feed that entrepreneurialism with capital. And I think what he's doing there is going to probably lead to some pretty uh, exemplary businesses over time. So uh, best of luck to him. 
So one last question for me, Rob, is what can us Canadians learn from uh, these entrepreneurs and these people that you've met uh, in these countries? And, and maybe something that uh, we take for granted as entrepreneurs and business runners, um, operators in Canada, you know, that, that these people have sort of reminded you that we need to uh, be aware of. Well, actually, um, what comes to mind is not what we should be aware of, but what we should just ignore. Uh, and and what I noticed was that you know they're not looking to to the West to Western industrialized nations as you know uh, being you know some kind of uh, paragon of of um, economic growth. Um, they're they're too busy getting on with it, right? And and that's what I think you know Canadians should do. We shouldn't look at at the uh, the United States market with envy because oh there's you know there's more capital there available etc and so on. no 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 we we just got to go ahead and 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 do it ourselves and and Understood. not look to anyone else yeah yeah no great point great uh, great way to leave the conversation Rob uh, thanks again for sharing these uh, discussions with us and uh, you know I'm sure you'll be on more travels and more adventures soon enough and we'll hope uh, to share here on the show um, if you are watching today just make sure to hit like or subscribe depending on what platform you're watching if you're listening on Spotify or Apple don't forget to rate the podcast and uh, we'll see you next week thanks again Rob for sharing your time and Great. this was James Black for the Exchange for Entrepreneurs podcast thank you thanks James Thank you again for listening to the Exchange for Entrepreneurs podcast, a proud presentation from CNSX Markets, Inc., operator of the Canadian Securities Exchange. As a reminder, the viewpoints on this show do not reflect those of the exchange and are solely those of the guests and do not constitute investment advice. For more information about the exchange, its services, and listed companies, please visit www.thecsc.com. Until the next show, thank you for listening, and don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button on your favorite listening platform. Thank you so much.